All right, world, how you doing? It's the Eddie Johnson bit, back with another Spin the Wheel podcast. And uh, I hope you're doing okay. I know I've got myself set up uh, with my cup of tea, all ready to crack on with another interview with me and my spinny wheel. There he is over there uh, with his 24 questions, all ready to try to make sure the next half an hour or so is that little bit random. It's always nice to not entirely show it. It's always nice to not entirely sure, not entirely. It's always nice to not really know where you're going, isn't it? Um, So, yes, who's my guest this week? Well, it's the wonderful Ben Mark Smith. Now, Ben is a guy that I know from the Nottingham open mic scene. He's a guy who's a singer-songwriter and also puts gigs on, plays some really, really, more importantly, writes some really, really good tunes. Um, I know he's got some stuff in the pipeline as well and he's been uh, putting some work in. I know him from our time on the open mic scene uh, in the music scene in Nottingham, uh, going around and playing various venues around there um, with his acoustic guitar or other people's acoustic To be honest, he doesn't really mind. As long as he's got a guitar and a beer in his hand, he's fairly happy. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to this one. It'll be interesting to find out a little bit about him, about his background uh, and how he ended up where he is right now. So, are you ready? Here we go. Let's spin the wheel. Welcome once again to the Spin the Wheel podcast with me, the Eddie Johnson bit, and my guest today, Mr. Ben Smith. How are you doing, buddy? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Nice, nice, nice. Now, for people who don't know you, um, you are singer-songwriter based in Nottingham. Not- yeah, Nottingham I'm, born and bred? I'm Derby. Uh, okay. um, oh, that was, oh. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> but kind of, you know, shifted over to Nottingham just for the love of music, I suppose, and the kind of scene that Nottingham's got. So, nice. Yeah. yeah. So that's where we know each other from. I know your your style uh, and the, the kind of way you approach things um, relatively well. Um, safe to say that generally when you do your songwriting, it tends to be with your tongue fairly firmly planted in your cheek. Definitely. I suppose it was like growing up on acts like um, The Streets and Jamie T. And yeah. like these ones that kind of add a little bit of um, humour I suppose, like, the UK, we're very, like, self-deprecating, aren't we? Yeah. So I've, I kind of like adding that into my, my music and, you know, the yeah. songs have a, 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 have a meaning and have a serious kind of tone, but they've got these little bits of localisms and funny bits and stuff totally. like that. You're not a full-time singer-songwriter. It's not your not your main job. Um, no, no. You were, last time I heard, you were, like, working for the for the library and the library service and stuff like that. That's my full-time job um, until, obviously, lockdown <laughs> happened and shut, shut the libraries. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, yeah, I worked at um, Nottingham Central Library. Basically, I, I studied music. Yeah. I did the whole college, university, and then I studied to be um, a teacher at Derby College. I taught there for a couple of years, taught the music students there, and then came out of it because I kind of wanted – I didn't want to be that teacher that had come straight from university, if you know what I mean. I wanted yep. to be – a teacher that actually had some experience in music and oh cool yeah, yeah. I guess in music that's that's really really important as well isn't it yeah because I you know I had both um, sides of that I had teachers that uh, were still gigging um, yeah. I had a very influential teacher that was uh, the same year that he was kind of teaching me he was playing on Glastonbury main stage with nice. spiritualized and um, awesome so but then I've also had the teachers that came straight from university. And 
you know, didn't really do anything to do with music anymore. And you could you could kind of tell. So I, I wanted to get some experience. So I got this kind of job with the council just doing anything. And they eventually said, do you want to just work at the library for a bit? And then All right. four, three, four years later, I'm, <laughs> I'm still there. How long's yeah. a bit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think I know the teacher you're on about, actually. Uh, I oh, think, yeah. yeah, I think I did some recording at his studio. Yeah. yeah, he's got a deaf dog. He's brilliant because he doesn't bark. Oh, right. So you go in to record your sessions and you're like, do we need to get the dog? No, he'll be fine. <laughs> it just doesn't, it, it's mute, it doesn't, it's amazing. Anyway, that's slightly beside the point. Anyway, right. Yeah. So um, the way this works, Ben, um, if you weren't paying attention to the email that I sent you, <laughs> is um, there's a wheel there. I haven't changed the questions at all. They're all the same questions that I spin with everybody uh, at the moment. So you could end up with the exact same questions uh, as everybody else. Uh, and if that happens, we'll just find your answers to them. If not, then we'll see exactly where the wheel might take us. Are you ready? I'm ready. Perfect. Right. Here we go. Spin number one. Question number 10 says, when did you realise this was going to be your life's pathway? By that, I mean your music. When did you realise you were going to follow music? When was that, that a thing? I made the the very strange like decision after doing engineering, you know, fr- throughout school and what have you, to just sack that in without telling anybody <laughs> and go and do a music course. And it was it was very confusing to my parents, <laughs> my, my engineering teacher that had got me a kind of um, you mean like, a, like an apprenticeship kind of thing. Yes, yeah, an apprenticeship at um, Rolls Royce. No um, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I just went. No, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do music. I'm gonna do something that I actually kind of enjoy. So where, where, um, where did that come from? I don't know. My cousin, he's a drummer, and he's been in uh, metal bands and stuff. Um, you know, for quite a while, and he kind of introduced me to bands and to music and that sort of stuff. Yeah. So I'd always liked music. I, I drummed, drummed a bit, did a few like bands and stuff, but never, you know, never thought of it as something I could do. It was always yeah. like you've got to go and do engineering. Um, <laughs> Because that's a job, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, but something, I don't know what it was, something just shifted. And and I think that was the moment. That was kind of a, a deciding moment. I could have gone the engineering route and had more money, probably. Yeah, security. <laughs> oh, so. That's the thing, isn't it? You Although we all look at our, our lives as sliding doors moments and the fact that depending on which way we turn depends on exactly what happens, you look back at, okay, well, if I had stuck at that path, where might I have gone? Um, yeah. But you know yourself in terms of like mental health and all the rest of it, the the importance of doing something that you actually enjoy is massive, right? Oh, definitely. Like, especially with this um, lockdown. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I would have done if I didn't have kind of this um, creative thing to, to keep me going, you know, writing music and recording recording all this sort of stuff it, it it then kind of just becomes a thing where you you're working for the weekend yeah and you're just working every day doing the same thing something that you don't necessarily enjoy i suppose you just you've got to weigh out whether the security is worth the mm. you know it's um, that balance isn't it yeah go on then ben when was the first time you picked up a guitar um so so that is like quite a funny story so as I say, I, I did drums, yeah. and um, for the first uh, um, couple of years of college, I think it was, um, yeah. one of the teachers once said to me, which I still find a, a weird thing for a music teacher to say, is that if you want to take 
music seriously and go to uni, you have to know an instrument with notation. But drums have notation, but you know what I mean, yeah, like yeah, no, yeah, with yeah, yeah. notes. Yeah. Um, and he says, so you'll have to you'll have to learn guitar or keys or something. And for like drummers and people that have been doing that for you know that's their life and stuff, yeah. I find that a weird thing for a music teacher to say. But for some reason that did stick in my head, and I was you know a young person that listens to whatever the teachers say. Yeah. So uh, I picked <laughs> you're up, a good boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I picked up the guitar, and it turns out that that was actually the right decision because um yeah that was that was the moment i learned the usual things that guitarists learn you know like metallica and this sort of stuff and and then going into blues bb king and then john mayer for like the the newer stuff i'll be honest it's it's a little bit different for ukulele players especially just stuck with um yeah we just get george formby that's it yeah 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 Yeah, so that, that's that's where the guitar started. Do you know what? From having seen so many of your gigs and bits and pieces, it kind of makes a whole lot more sense now. Um, because yeah. of the fact that there's certain singer-songwriters that you know uh, that come from a very much from a vocal perspective and the, yeah. the guitar is just a backdrop for their vocals. Um, and then there are others where you're like, the rhythm is really driven from the, from the acoustic guitar and... And actually seeing your gigs and seeing the the rhythms that you create with just you and the guitar, it's, yeah. it kind of pieces things. And now you say that stuff about the drummer, seeing your style, it's kind of like, oh, okay, okay, now it all kind of pieces a little bit more together. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, yeah, you see, you see those artists and as soon as they are able to get a band together, mm. they've, they've chucked the guitar away as soon as possible because it was it was just a thing wasn't it for for some to kind of um, completely be able to play open marks and stuff like that um you know yeah. which is fair enough if you want to focus on the vocals and that's, uh, that's completely cool. but but like i say with with your stuff uh at the start of one of your songs it's like okay i know what style of song this is by the initial rhythm that's that's yeah. happening and it it alters and it changes depending on which one of your songs you're playing it's not very it's not that case of okay he has his particular rhythm and he's just changing his chords yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I've been like working on this album throughout lockdown. That's going yeah. to be out soon. And um, ben, ben Marshall, who I'm recording it with, sent sent me the draft mixes, and yeah. I was listening through it, and I kind of realised how many genres and stuff in it. It goes from traditional kind of folky song to um, to like a punk song and a bit of a rock and roll song and stuff. And yeah, and I think that definitely comes from from the rhythm, um, from the drumming, as you say, and and kind of learning different genres through guitar and through college and what have you. Cool, man. Right, right. Let's let's go for another spin, see where this yeah. one takes us. Number 18. Tell me about your first car. I don't drive. What? <laughs> I don't drive. How do you get to gigs? I get the bus. I've, I've <laughs> met some absolutely unbelievable bus journeys and train journeys to, to gigs to play them. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, um so so I I've learned like I I know I know how to drive technically. Yeah. Well not technically because I ain't got a button. <laughs> I, I know how to drive. I know, I know the rudiments. I've played GTA. Yeah. Uh, it's okay. But I got to um I think it was about six failed tests. No way. It's like oh god. And and I never meant to kind of um leave it this long but the the gap just started, you know, after the last test just kept on going and going 
I think that's when I started working in Nottingham and I was kind of like, I'm never going to drive into Nottingham anyway because of the parking and stuff. And it just went on and on and on. It's like number one on my... Okay, so, so, so sorry, just I just need to rewind, right? Obviously, we'll get to the question again in a minute, but yeah. I know some of the places you gig and I know some of the places you end up at. Yeah, yeah. How do you get there? It's it's kind of like as soon as I get booked for these places, it's it's working out a roadmap of like how to what bus to get to this place and bus to get to this. But I've I played Leicester. That was like it wasn't even in Leicester, like you know, it was out out somewhere, and that was like one train journey to Leicester, and then another bus, and then another bus. So it's okay. Not- so- so, um, like, second question from that. Do you use up most of your fee on your actual transport to a gig? Do you end up yeah, doing gigs yeah. in negative equity? Like most of, I have to work out if these gigs are normally worth <laughs> actually doing it because I've normally lost, like, 30 quid. And, just, just, and we all just go on about not wanting to pay to play, but that's ridiculous. I know, I know. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's let's go. Let's go back to the question then. Um, tell me about the first car that you remember from being a kid. Uh, this little yellow Corsa. That was what I remember like as being young because it was kind of the car that um, got got taken to school in. Yeah. Um, and we used to be the basically the taxi, so it was quite oh, okay. funny. The car was yellow as well. Nice. Um, but we used to take my mates to school, and and that's where we listened to like um, Nirvana and Queen and stuff. So it was quite like good memories because it was uh, you know that was where I first got introduced to these artists that yeah, are like completely. some of my like favorite. So yeah, yeah, that's the first car I kind of remember because of because of that. I remember my auntie had a car. I think it was my auntie had a car. I just remember that car because it didn't have seat belts, whilst all the other ones we got in did. Yeah. Um, I don't know when that. It was just that little bit older, so it could get away with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because th- wasn't that a thing? I don't know. Maybe I'm too young, but cars didn't have seatbelts up. Yeah, one no, point. true. Yeah, I, right. I have I have loads of old memories of um of being in cars um when I was a kid, and we'd we'd do stuff like uh, my mum would give. Uh, we'd decide that we were going to give a family a lift home from church, but it would be me mum and me brother and me, and then there'd be four of them. Right. So we get in our car. So me and my brother would go in the boot. Cause yeah, yeah. It didn't matter. Uh, no. those, I used to love riding in the boot, looking out the back, imagining what it would be like to be a dog. <laughs> okay, <laughs> this is one of my favourite questions. A couple of people have had this. Uh, tell me a story about your best shoes. I, I saw this one and I was like, I was really, really thinking about it. Um, I don't think I have a favourite individual shoe, but but. I think what, the style of shoes. Individual, that, as in. Uh, no, not okay. like, <laughs> um, like the right one. Yeah, yeah. The type of shoes. It's it's become a weird thing on like the Nottingham open mic scene. I don't know if it's because they're all younger and they all wear vans and things like these, like young people shoes. Young people but, shoes. Okay. Yeah. You're but sounding I, so old at the minute. I know, I know. I like to wear like um like gentleman shoes. Do you, you know, like. A- do you like a brogue? Yeah, br- like that you'd kind of wear with a suit, yeah. but brown. Yeah. And they've got to have like, look like Italian-y. Do you know uh, what I mean? Okay, I do. Do you, yeah, do, you, yeah. do you give them a polish? Oh, yeah. So yeah. they've got to be shiny. Yeah. Definitely, got to be shiny. But um, <laughs> I've I've been ripped so many times for 
for these shoes, especially at gigs and stuff, and especially when you know you're around the the younger ones like um, Miles Knight and Kelsey and the Embers and what have you. I, I think I look, I look good. I think you look very dapper. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, but I also think there's a little bit of mod, little bit of mod in you. You haven't quite got to the stage of of having the uh, pleat down your trousers and all the rest of that malarkey. But, uh... <laughs> yeah, I do wear like shirts. It's just shirts all the time, no matter what weather. I, I, I'm never wearing a t-shirt or anything for some reason. So I think it's that. I think yeah. it's that. I, just... I think it definitely it definitely goes with a shirt. A shirt yeah. with brogues makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Shirt I think and... if I was wearing a t-shirt or yeah. something, it might t-shirt not. T-shirt and hoodie with brogues. Uh, uh, yeah, I, don't, I think you're right. I think it's definitely the the look. You, you've yeah. got to com- complete that off. Uh, but I guess at, at the moment... Um, most people are just wearing slippers. I know I am. I I think uh, a pair of shoes is underrated in terms of the effect that it has on an individual. I think favourite shoes are important. Um, on, I mean, I'd say that I've got loads of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, loads of shoes. I do need to get rid of some. And I think people like Miles Knight, I think they need to, to learn a lesson or two, to be honest. Oh, definitely. Uh, yeah, um, and and all the those left-hand lane boys, they need to sort themselves out because their <laughs> yeah. shoe, their shoe game is not it's not up to par. Um, no. But anyway, right, enough about <laughs> shoes. <laughs> Let's see what else we got. Who most inspires you? So, so it doesn't have to be famous. So it can still be Mate, just whoever you like. With this music thing, the the person that most inspired me with that was was this teacher that I mentioned earlier. Is it, is it um, Lee? Yeah, Lee yeah. Horsley. Yeah. Um so as I say, um he he was like my my mentor when when we were teaching, you you have to kind of have a mentor assigned that, you know, just checks up on you and stuff like that. He'd bring his own equipment to the gigs that they had to play so that they actually had decent equipment nice. to use and not the um you know, not the college stuff. He'd do sort of stuff like that. But then also on the, the music side, like I say, he's the one that inspired me to to actually get more experience mm. um, before going down the teaching route and, and just seeing him play with the selector, plays with Spiritualized. He's got, you know, numerous other bands that are kind of his own bands that he plays with. I think he was the first, maybe like the first person that I met that wasn't just a local guy doing local gigs. He was this person branched out and went places yeah, yeah really really earning like proper money with music and really taking it seriously but still having but still having fun with it and still enjoying it he's an amazing keyboard player as well oh I, yeah i did yeah. some i did some recording at his place i'd say to him i think it might need some keyboards and like, what you mean like this yeah exactly like that that's exactly what it oh and so much more than you'd actually think and i saw him play with i think i saw him play with the selector a couple of years ago at Godiva oh. Festival down in Coventry. They had a massive crowd, and I just looked up and and saw him on stage with them, just absolutely loving life. And then you, you kind of like see him aside from that, he's just a normal bloke. That's the thing, isn't it? It's the the humbleness and the fact that he is just a normal. I think he's like Ripley way yeah, now. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and I've bumped into him a couple of times, like at the local local pub and stuff, mm. and just. Had a pint and yeah, he's just a normal bloke that you wouldn't believe had been on Glastonbury Pyramid stage. I guess it's also that thing where, especially as a as a young man starting to think about music as a career, 
you see the fact that it's not someone who's on like MTV or Top of the Pops or anything else like that. It's not being being played on your radio uh, yeah. all the time. It's not someone who has to deal with the paparazzi or, or any. It's just, this is my job. I'm really good at it. I really enjoy it. But actually, it's my job. Yeah. Um, and having that as a, I guess having that as a role model, I can imagine that being that inspiration to, okay, well, this isn't just a pipe dream. This could be something that I could do. Yeah. And it's, it kind of adds, so how we were talking earlier about um, the whole, like going down the music route instead of engineering yeah. and engineering maybe could have been more secure and stuff. This person kind of is um, an example of how music can be a secure job. No, don't want that one. No, 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 done that one. Where do you go to get away from it all? Obviously, at the minute, nowhere. But it's it's um, it's the pub, isn't it? That's <laughs> got to be. <laughs> um, that was me thinking we were going to get some deep, in- insightful. I could say this. Um, there's a really nice lake near me. That no, nah, no, nah, I don't. I don't go there. I go to the pub. <laughs> like, it's. Um, you know, but working weirdly because a lot of people, I think they still have this idea that libraries are like, shh, and those people have never visited Nottingham Central Library. <laughs> so, you know, the shifts there are long as well. So it's like nine till seven. Yeah. So um, finish like a, a day working there. And I just have to go like, I'm going six barrels. Like, <laughs> even if nobody's there, even if it's not the open mic or, it's, you know, I'm going six barrels, I'm going to barrel drop or on my way home, dog and parrot or something like that. Yeah, and yeah. Just to sit and just calm down a bit after it. Um, calm down after a hectic day in the library. Yeah, it's yeah, not a phrase yeah. many people would say, is it? It sounds weird, but but trust me, trust me. <laughs> going to the pub on your own seems like a thing that elderly blokes do, you know, sip it, sipping their um, their real ale. Wearing um, their shoes. Yeah, yeah wearing Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm just like old at heart. I, I don't know. As you know, I, I sort out the DH Lawrence Festival, so it's oh, yeah. it's nice yeah. sometimes to just go down, go on my own, just you know, sort out the lineups, just just sitting, still doing work. But so just most in- of your organising happens while you're sat down with a pint in the pub. Yeah, definitely. Maybe that makes some of my decisions. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that explains a lot. So yeah, so you you mentioned the DH Lawrence Festival. When's that kind of October kind of time? It's September because um, DH Lawrence's birthday is eleventh of September. So this year it happens to be exactly on his birthday. The eleventh. Oh, yeah, and that's and then- that's where your knowledge of pubs really helps. Do you take that as a case of I'm just going to go and do some work uh, and do it, <laughs> have a little bit of a pub crawl? Chris, I don't know if you know him, but Chris Barlow. Yeah, I know Chris, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Chris is involved with Roots Music, um, yeah. involved yeah, yeah. in a, a lot of, uh, setting up a lot of open mic gigs, particularly in the north end of Nottingham. Yeah, he set this up. It was like just an afternoon thing, I think. And then mm. eventually I joined in and it's it's become this kind of, I think it's like this year, three, 13 venues in Eastwood and over 150 like individual acts at the minute. It's certainly Sorry. grown since it since it began. It's certainly grown since I remember it. It was it was really just local acts. Once it were just starting off, it, it's built a bit of a name and like we we get people coming and asking to play rather than us asking people to play and it takes a yeah, lot of effort out, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, as, as you say, on the in the build up to that, me and Chris definitely go on a few um, pub crawls, basically. <laughs> but, but, but saying, you know, uh, we're just going to the pub to to ask them work work related venue exercise. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot then. Top three pubs. Dog and Parrot. Um, you love that place, don't you? I know, I know, I do, I do. The landlords are the the nicest and most like helpful people. I telling every single person that comes in the pub that this event's happening or whatever's happening nice point where any gig that i put on i kind of don't even have to worry about pushing it because <laughs> i just know it's going to be rammed people. it's always a good feeling I've, I've played there a couple of times for you as well it's it's always a good feeling out there as well yeah i feel like a lot of people want to listen to music there and um it was a point where eastwood kind of wasn't that sort of place you know there's a few venues now um, which is really cool i feel like i've i've got to say six barrels <laughs> just because if ezra watches this then <laughs> you, you'll have a go <laughs> um, six barrels in the middle of nottingham yeah yes. by ezra um, watson a lot of memories in that place from the open mics and stuff so it's a great place for music even though the pa system is sometimes a little bit shonky um, yeah. But it's one of those places, particularly when you're when you're performing there, where you're playing there, you genuinely don't know what kind of audience you're going to get. You 100%. might get you might get that audience that everybody's right there with you, or you might get one of those nights where people are just there because it's in the middle of town and it's somewhere they want to drink and they're not really paying attention. So it's always a little bit of a tricky balance. You're not quite sure. So I've played a couple of times where it's been like I played when Liam Gallagher was playing yeah. at Make Point Arena and you're halfway through the set all these um you know what they look like the the, yeah. the um the parkers on the you yeah, know all the, the scallies yeah yeah all come in and, and you're just like right I, I can't play the set that I was going to play here's um <laughs> here's live forever or here's, uh, keeps you on your toes definitely okay so that's number two what's number three right. I'll go further afield there's a venue in Sutton Sutton Nashfield. Okay. Um, I'm always confused by the fact that this venue is in Sutton and Nashfield. It's um, it's an odd place. It's okay. Very odd place. And the all, all the other pubs are quite scary. I can't like <laughs> you don't necessarily want to, you know, go in there. But then there's this place, and it's called um the Fire Rock Brewery, and it's like where everywhere every other pub in that area is a Green King or a Weatherspoons or whatever. Yeah. This is this kind of um, craft beer place. Where it has, you know, the two the fridges with the banana milkshake IPA and all of these just weird. And I absolutely love these. Like the weirder, the the better it is. Like I, I just <laughs> love these weird, weird beers. It has this little tiny specific stage, which you never get in pubs. Like an actual stage for the musicians nice. and the PA setup and stuff. And um, the, I've played a few gigs there now, supporting people like because it's a welcoming place with amazing beer and a proper stage. They, they get people like um, Fraser Stog um, Acoustic yeah. have, have done gigs there. Um, just a lot of people from kind of the festival scene tend oh. to tend to play there because they know that it's going to be a fantastic gig. I love the place, even if it was in Nottingham, I'd, I'd love it, but I think I'd, I love it even more because it's just in it's this. just that bit further out, location. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. That's my three, I think. Okay, let's let's go with that. Excellent work. Number 14. Tell me about your favourite birthday. My favourite one from my childhood. I went to like Windsor and went to Legoland. Awesome. That one was tainted a little bit as well because when I was young, I 
very much looked like Harry Potter. <laughs> I had the glasses. Had the glasses. Yeah, and awesome. I played football, so it they got snapped a lot and had the tape on them. Amazing. Um, I was a little lad, and and for the whole day, I basically had one of these like characters bullying me. Um, they had these guys dressed up like like Lego characters, and he yep. just walked around the, the park just shouting Potter, Potter <laughs> at me. Windsor was quite cool as well, which is a weird thing for like a, a child to enjoy, like yeah, Windsor. But it's not um, not the normal venue for. A... <laughs> and I got an Xbox as well, the first, Amazing. you know, the old, the first Xbox. So that, that was, sounds like a cracking birthday. Yeah, that was that was a good birthday. Please, te- birthday. please tell me when you went to um to Legoland that you actually got your Lego driving license. Yes, I did. you did. Okay, that's, so you can drive that, that one. That, that one's okay. <laughs> I thought from that point I'm going to be a fantastic driver. <laughs> yeah, I used to love Legoland. That was great fun, but you can't go there unless you've got kids. If you go there as an adult, uh, yeah, without any children, then um, bit weird. We're it? asking questions. Yeah, absolutely. Legoland's an amazing place with all the like the water hoses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant place. But I don't know if you can hire children, but uh, <laughs> you can hire a child to go on. Not a question I've ever asked, and something <laughs> I don't think you should ever have to Google. <laughs> that was that was a good birthday. Yeah, 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 it was good. I mean, this is it this year? I had I totally lost track of time. No, it would have been last year. I was going to say, were you in your house? If the answer is yeah. no, it was probably the year before. It was it was that gap. You know, we had that gap in between the lockdowns yes. where it goes to stuff. We went. My favourite brewery is um, Buxton Brewery. Okay, um, I love their beer. So myself, my parents and my girlfriend at the time went down for like just a couple of days down there and went to Buxton Brewery and I swear it was like me going to my face going to Legoland back then that was me going into Buxton <laughs> Brewery there and just like, you know those kind of like handles you have where it's got the different beers in and you yeah. can have like a third just having having those in my challenge that look factory but for beer Right, okay. Number 21 comes with an accompaniment. Oh. Which one's your favourite? Which one's your favourite? Which one's your favourite, Hob? Which one's your favourite? Which one's your favourite? Which one's your favourite, Hob? Brilliant. The question is, which is your favourite, Hob? The one on the left closest to me. Yes, another front lefter. You've been, you've been surprised how many people this question has come up for. I feel like, I, d- I don't know if it's different on others, but on ours, that, so that's a smaller one. So that's the one that I normally do soup or beans or whatever. Okay. Um, and so it's the one that gets used the, the most because I drink a lot of soup, I suppose. Or eat soup. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. Hold, hold on. Oh, yeah. I'm saying that's the smallest of yeah. the hobs on yours. Huh. Yeah, because you can't... Um, can't put it on the big one because then it boils the soup too quickly and it it takes away the flavor and stuff so is your is your big one on your right Right. you go to the small one rather than the big yeah 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 and i think that's why i don't use the one on the small one on the right because it's say it's further away it's just (laughs) one hob away (laughs) but it's all that effort to get there i'll i'll tell you why it's strange for a number of reasons uh, okay. no, number one, because most people have the bigger of their hobs on their left. And the other reason is most people, most people uh, have the, they like the big one because they have the flexibility. 
I appreciate the fact that what we're actually analysing uh, is um, is uh, hob construction, uh, not, <laughs> something, not something most podcasts go to. Uh, I'll grant you, um, but you know, it's um, it's these questions we like to these, deal with. Them. Why are you listening to the Eddie Johnson podcast? That's, that's the thing. You you got to deal with the hard hitting issues. I used to just just because I wanted my soup as quickly as possible. You put love, it on. You love your soup, don't you? <laughs> Heat. Heat like all the way up just to cook it as soon as, and then I was like, oh, good. but that doesn't cook it properly, and it takes like the flavour away, and it okay. and it bubbles it quicker, and all that sort of stuff. Favorite soup? It's a tomato, tomato like the basic. That's that's my favourite. Um, Standard with 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 basil. That'll yeah. be that'll be the uh, the gentleman in you. That'll be the the shirt and the shoes. <laughs> Makes me feel a little bit classier. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, that was uh, spin the wheel. We've done six spins. Uh, not one of them has really touched on anything of any serious note. That's absolutely fine. Not a problem. Um, sometimes it happens like that. So, uh, Ben, what have you got coming up? Where can people find out about you? Uh, tell us about some stuff that you're doing. It's this album that um, that I'm doing. It's uh, with a with a full band. So finally got a band together nice and it's uh it's called drinking games i wanted okay. my first debut album to kind of be about something that i know um <laughs> so, you know, i'm planning for it to be out end of july start of august that kind of gap okay. so Good. so i'm hoping yeah pubs will be back to as normal as it can be and that'd be good some gigs will, yeah some gigs will be back so it i'm hoping it'll be an album that kind of brings a bit of joy to people after they've had this year of not being able to see their loved ones and stuff. I, I'm, I'm hoping it can be a kind of soundtrack to everybody finally getting to go out and live their life. Has it got all the songs that people in Nottingham uh, like hearing from you? Yeah, it's got like, um, so it's going to have Who's the Girl on it one year on, um, the Dog and Parrot charity song that I bought out. Oh, nice. The- okay. Yeah. Um, he loves the pub so much he wrote them a song. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um and then loads, loads of brand new ones that I've not had the opportunity to gig. I, I love the stuff that you do because of the fact that there's that little bit of quirkiness about it. So who have you got playing on it? Ben, ben Marshall, nice. um, yeah. producer Darby and, and Matt Turner. Yeah, Fine Art Society. Um, and then I've got a drummer called Brad Jory, the drummer for Pretty Babs. Absolute machine of a drummer. I, I sent him the songs, he showed up to the studio like the next day and just smash them all out it's awesome so yeah i can't wait um i think my acoustic stuff has like energy when i play but this yeah. just notches that to the top so so well, when you when yeah. the album gets released is it yeah. going to be a case of trying to get some gigs with the band yes so awesome. i'm working on i don't think i've announced this so i'll just like say it here the the launch gig will be um at the dog and parrot standard yeah, because I just thought I wanted the, the launch to be, you know, something different. The album will probably be out a Friday. The gig will be on a Monday and it'll probably be around that July, August time. That's nice. set. And that'll be the first ever gig with the band. So okay. it's meant to be something something special for people, I think. That sounds really, really cool. I'm always keeping busy. So I'm also recording a second album already, Brilliant. Brilliant. which will have those kind of stripped back, more like emotional, I suppose, like. Um, songs. It's really good to hear the fact that obviously lockdown's affected us all, but it's great to hear people who are saying, I've used the time, I've been creative, I've done this, that yeah. and the other. Um, and like you say, there's there's things popping up all the time, there's people with podcasts uh, yeah. which didn't exist before and, and, and all the rest of it. But it's great to hear the fact that you haven't just sat and watched Tiger King. 
Um, I mean, I've done that as well. But, but yeah, stand, but, but yeah. <laughs> ben, Mark Smith, I hope you've had fun. I've certainly enjoyed having you here. Um, and um, I will see you in person very soon, I dare say so. Definitely. Take care Thank of yourself. You for Thank you for spinning the wheel. So that was the Spin the Wheel podcast with Ben Mark Smith. Ben, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, I wish you all the very, very best with the finishing up of the album. Um, sounds like it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to that launch. I'm going to see if I can get myself there. And in the meantime, we chatted about his shoes uh, and about his favourite hob and his car. And, or, yeah, well, you just heard it, so you know what we chatted about. It was really nice. Um, I hope you had fun. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope people liked it. If you did like it, tell somebody else. They might as well. You never know. Let's pass it on. Let's get it out there. Whether that's subscribing on YouTube and letting people know about it that way, or whether it's about rating it on iTunes, um, or clicking on any of the links uh, and telling people about the Spotify, about how they can access it, listen to it, whether they're on their walk around, whether they're driving their car, getting to work, or whatever else it might be. Tell people. Let people know. Spin the wheel. It's here for everybody. And on that note, I will see you again this time next week. Lots of love to you all. Look after yourselves. I'll see you soon. Take it easy now. Dada.